Welcome to Innovation Friday. This is where your startup journey begins. We talk about entrepreneurship and things that are interesting for early stage founders, like rock bottom and most rewarding moments. Hello and welcome to another episode from Innovation Friday podcast. Today I am happy to have Rob Angel with me, who created the best-selling board game, Pictioner. Hello and welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Sure. Now, let's assume that we meet on a flight from Frankfurt to Vancouver. <laughs> How would you introduce yourself? Well, hello. No, not quite like that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Rob Angel. I invented the uh, world-famous board game, Pictionary. And right now, my job, my passion, my goal is to share my story, share my vision, share what happened, and hopefully motivate and inspire other people to follow their dreams. Oh, that's great. I had the honor to read it and you definitely inspired me. So thank you very much for that. Now, going back to it, but while reading your, your book, I had a sense and I got a feeling that you're also very proud of being an entrepreneur, yet you introduce yourself of being the creator. So how is the relation between the creator and being an entrepreneur? Well, it's kind of a, a progression. So originally, I, an entrepreneur, I wanted my own business. I wanted to do my own thing. But for me, it was about the product. So I created a product. I created Pictionary. I didn't invent anything. I didn't invent grades on paper, but I created a product. And from that, when I started selling it, when I started manufacturing, I started doing all these things, my entrepreneurial spirit just took off because I had to do these different things to make it work. So it, it, it started with a product. And then it went to, wow, what do I do next? Exactly. So that brings me to another point, which is also in your book. And the fact that you, when you started, you and your friends, your co-founders did not have a business plan or a manual. And you just put one foot in front of the other. How did you do that? What was guiding you? What was the force that was motivating you to do it? As you say, we, we didn't have a manual. We didn't have a book that said, okay, do this. So they say you've got to break the rules. Well, we didn't bother asking what the rules were. So how can we break them? So we went with decisions that our gut said was the right decision. We followed our instincts because we didn't have the right information. We didn't have full information to make logical, informed decisions. So rather than waiting for a business plan, rather than waiting for the right decision and who we're going to sell, we just did it, right? And we do follow our guts fought our intuition and we didn't do anything that would sink the company, but we just kept going forward and forward and forward. And if the plan or the idea didn't work, we turn around and go a different direction. It was pretty easy to do with only three people in the company, but we followed our instincts. You'll never have enough information to make an informed decision. Do you think that this still applies to nowadays? Sure. It, it, it does. I mean, yes, you can go on the internet, but you still have to make a decision. In fact, it's maybe more difficult now because there's so much input. You can find out a question and get 75 answers on the internet. You can find out 24 friends. They could tell you all these different things, but you really have to make a decision at some point. So too much information can also be debilitating instead of not having enough. So at some point, say I have enough information and you just go for it. I said, once you get to 80% of what you think you want to know, Go for it, pull the trigger and make the decision. I agree with that 100%. Okay, thank you very much. I think this is a very 
valuable piece of information for our listeners and yeah, early stage entrepreneurs. And going back to that manual, you started without a manual, but yeah. how did you keep track of the learnings that you got so that maybe you would like to pass them to the next generation or to some of your employees? Have you written your own manual? I've written my own uh, manuscript. I, I have a new book, mm -hmm. The Chronicles, My Journey. And it's start to finish, the trials and tribulations, the ups, the downs, and the challenges that I faced and how we overcame them. And uh, the book has been really fascinating to go back and relive this experience. So I wasn't writing them down on the spot, mm -hmm. but to pass them on in the, my book, Game Changer, has been really good for me. It's been really good to share. So the Game Changer, if I understand it correctly, you started working on, on the book like 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five years ago. Just five years ago. Okay, but five you said it was, it was, it's based on the notes or I misunderstood you because you mentioned... No, that no, it was just based... It, the, the book is based on my experiences mm -hmm. and, and going back and reliving them with my partners and talking them through. I mean, I have pictures that reminded me of things. I have some notes that reminded me of things. So all this information of 17 years of my life all came together uh, in the book. And it was just really fascinating to accumulate all those uh, bits and pieces. Yeah, and it was really fun and fascinating to read it. <laughs> in the book, you also have, as you mentioned, a couple of pictures of you. And there is one picture of you in front of the vision board. And when I was there, I was trying to see what was on the vision board. But I <laughs> And I hope that at some point in the book, you will mention what was on the vision board. And I only remember that you, there was the car, the sub on the vision board. Yeah. yeah. I would like <laughs> to ask you right now, I'm really curious. Would you like to share with us what else you had on the vision board? <laughs> <laughs> well, that picture was taken in 1984 with a little Instamatic camera. So digital cameras didn't quite exist back then. So mm -hmm. it was a little blurry for me as well. But it started out with the car that I wanted, but it also started out with things that I wanted to accomplish within the business. Most of mine was not visualizing a house or a car. You know, it was there, but mm -hmm. more of it was, I wanna do this with Pictionary. I wanna be on this television show. I wanna sell it here. So those are the things that motivated me. I always assumed and I always thought, you know, when it's successful, I'll be able to get all those other things. So I was never motivated. I was never driven by stuff. Mm -hmm. I was never driven by the big car. And that's why I saw, right? Mm -hmm. I was always driven by, let's get this product successful. And when it is, then all the other things will happen. So that was my vision board based on that. Okay. Thank you. Now, you, you mentioned when you're going to be successful. How would you define successful? <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing at that question. How do you define success? There's only one answer. It's whatever you think success is. As soon as you start buying into what other people's vision of success is, you're in trouble. The key is to know, you know what you think it is and not listen to other people. And guess what? If you don't know what it is, that's okay too. 
We get wrapped up in this, I've got to know what I'm doing. I've got to know what success looks like. Is it a car? Is it happiness? Is it, is it just, I don't know, a good family? Sometimes you just don't know what success looks like. But I contend that sometimes it's easier to decide what success doesn't look like, right? By getting rid of the things you know don't work, you can narrow it down. There's a story of a sommelier, so a wine guy, and I gave him a glass of wine, and I said, what is this wine? And he smells it, 90 seconds later, he tells me exactly what the wine was. I was, I go, I was impressed, I go, do you know every wine in the world? He goes, no, of course not. What do I do is he smells it, and he says, well, it's, uh, it's not a Cabernet. He gets rid of all in his memory bank, all the Cabernets. Hmm, not a Merlot, he gets rid of those, but he just narrows it down. And eventually, by getting rid of everything else, he knows exactly what it is. And I think life's exactly like that. Get rid of the things that don't serve you. Get rid of the things that aren't really in your wheelhouse that are causing you confusion, and then you'll find it. You'll get there. It'll show up. Thank you. And in the book, you mentioned that when things turn out to be stormy, that there is too much input and so on, you take time out. Would you like to share with us how that <laughs> would help me, for example, or some other listeners if they take some time out? And what is a time out? Taking time outs. I think for me, those are key to my success. Mm -hmm. Because when I get too much input, when things overwhelm me, when I, I don't know how to make it, I just stop. Mm -hmm. And I take a time out. I stop thinking about the problem. I stop thinking about what I'm trying to discover. And I'll literally meditate now, or I'll go for a walk, or I'll go to a movie, anything but thinking of the problem. And that's exactly what happened when I started Pictionary. I, I had this idea, I had this wonderful idea for this great game. And I sat there and I'm going, okay, I'm going to invent this game and I'm going to go. And then all of a sudden, my brain said, oh, Rob, you're just a waiter. Rob, you can't do it. You don't have the skills. All this negative self-talk. And I couldn't get started. I could not get started. I had to get out of my head. I had to stop overthinking. So I put myself in time out. I said, okay. I walked away for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about picture. I didn't think about the problem. Went to movies. I did all these other things. So when I came back a couple of weeks later, I could breathe. And I said, okay, what's the simplest first step that I could wrap my head around that, that works for me that I can do? And it was the word list. That was it. It was the word list. And everything I needed was right in front of me. I didn't have to overthink that decision as well. I had a pad of paper, a pencil, and a dictionary. And I literally went in the backyard and opened it up. And I'm going, okay, what's the first word? And I look and I'm reading, I go to the A's and the word is aardvark. Aardvark, that was it. That's how Pictionary got started. So I write down the word aardvark and I go, I'm, I'm kind of looking around to see if anybody's watching. I'm, a, a sweat breaks over my brow. I'm excited because in that moment, in that exact moment I wrote down the word aardvark, I wasn't a waiter anymore. I was a game inventor. And that, that was a magnificent switch because I'd put a label on myself, put a label on myself that I was a waiter. That was it. Mm -hmm. But the second I wrote down aardvark, the new label I put on myself was game inventor. And then I wrote another word because now I'm a game inventor. I told myself, I convinced myself. And a second, a third, and a fourth, 
that's how it kept expanding. Just a mindset, just a different way to look at the same problem, but coming at it slowly and with an open mind. That was very impressive. And after your first sale, you put another label on yourself of being an entrepreneur. So yeah. how was that experience? Was this one of your best moments in your career as an entrepreneur? And right after, in a couple of months, you turned down a huge offer. Would you like to share with us those two experiences? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm asked, what is the hardest decision you ever had to make? I had that on my list too. Yeah, I know that. But, but I, I, I'm often asked, and I, I had to look at it myself, what was the hardest decision I had to make? After about 10 months of being in business, the business became, picture became so big, we couldn't scale it. We couldn't grow it and couldn't find the financing to do so. So we had to license. That basically means somebody else does the manufacturing, they pay us money, they pay us royalty. We have an offer from Milton Bradley, the biggest game company in the world to license the game. Now, keep in mind, I'm 26 years old. I'm making $500 a month. I'm driving a 10-year-old car and, you know, I really don't have much. And I'm staring at this offer and they show it to us. But the one thing they did is they showed us also a package. We go, what's this? It was a package. They were saying, oh, we're going to change Pictionary. We're going to change the graphics, some of the words and the rules, and we're going to sell millions. And I kind of looked at them. I said, no, that's not our vision. That's not what Pictionary is all about. Fine. We get the contract. Biggest royalty rate they've ever offered any independent game company ever. You go, this is great. They wouldn't put in the contract. They wouldn't touch the packaging without our written approval. All I have to do is sign this piece of paper and all my troubles go away. Everything I've been looking for, working for, happens in that one instance. Didn't sign it. Could not sign it. Their vision did not line up with our vision. It wasn't about us. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about ego. It was about the vision. And they didn't have the same vision, the shared vision. I said, no. Wouldn't sign the piece of paper. All I did was sign it. And I wouldn't sign the paper. And there was about two days of, what have I done? I mean, come on, you're going to have a little buyer's remorse and all of it. But you know what? As soon as that got over, there was no second guessing. There was no going back. There was no plan B. There was no plan B. So we went back to what we did. We were back slogging it out on the streets. We were selling. We were doing as best we could, but it was okay. I was willing to go back to waiting tables rather than give up on my vision. It's it, Simon Sinek, he calls it your just cause. When you're willing to sacrifice everything for your vision, that's what we did and it worked out because three weeks later, we got another offer from a joint venture that gave us all our contracts, all the things that we wanted on our controls, they gave it to us. We signed the deal, it was a better deal, bigger royalty, and we never looked back. So we held true to our vision and it worked out. I was asking while reading the book there, you mentioned, I don't want to disclose too much, but you were, at some point you were given a piece of advice, like going with the flow of life. If I recall <laughs> it correctly, was this one of that moments where you based your decision on the values, on your vision, and at the same time on going with the flow of life? 
going with the flow of life and business, it is one of the keys to my success. Now, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I didn't always go with the flow. You know, sometimes I'd get worked up and wrapped up and angst over decisions. But the more that I could tell myself, everything's happening for a reason. Everything is going to work out. Let's not stress over these little decisions because they're going to turn into a big decision someday. And as long as I do that and continue to do that, I'm making the right decisions. And I know I'm making the right decisions. Even if the outcome isn't what I wanted, I feel really good about making that decision because I went with it. I went with the flow and I wasn't fighting upstream. It's just a lot of work to go against what's right in front of you. If you know something's wrong, mm -hmm. well, then go the other direction. If you know something's right, then go full steam ahead. Don't slow down, but do in the flow. Just keep going until you know you're not supposed to or, or you're supposed to go harder. There goes both ways. At some point in the book, you, you're mentioning that you were given another piece of advice of asking yourself, what are the intention of your life? And you determine it for yourself that it was freedom. Is that still yeah. valid? And what do you mean by freedom? Yeah, it's, it's still very valid. You know, my, the intention for my life, what I wanted for my life was freedom, right? The freedom to do what I wanted, right? There's responsibilities. It's not like just freedom to, to do whatever. But it was freedom to, to drive my own bus, if you will. Freedom to be in control of my own destiny. My father, who was my, my idol, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be just like him. He was, he was a businessman. He ran a company. And I thought, this is fantastic. I want to be like my dad. Well, he gets fired from his job. Now I'm looking at this going, oh, wait a minute. He had this important job and he's been fired. I said, I'm not going to let anybody be in charge of me. I'm not going to let anybody have whim to fire me. So I said, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be in charge of myself. I will have the freedom to make the choices I want to make. So all the decisions I made from my business to my life, to my finances, all revolve around the intention of freedom. And, and it's to start another business or not. It's what charity be, to be involved in, to be able to raise my children, to do all these, these things, these fun, interesting, giving back things. So, and that was important. So, so when I invested my money, it was to keep my freedom. When I, when I make new friends or start new businesses or, or be involved with things, it's to keep my freedom. And that energizes me. What are you most scared about? <laughs> what am I most scared about? That was random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was scary. So you, you, we know what is driving you. No, it's a really, it's a really great question. What, what scares me now is that I'm not doing enough. I don't know if that's a, a, a fear, but what's driving me now is I've been blessed. I've worked hard. Mm -hmm. I've had a success. I've been a success. And now my fear is that I'm not doing enough to help others, to motivate others, to inspire others. And so that's driving me right now. And I have the freedom to do that. And so it's a personal thing that frightens me. Does it get me up at night? Mm -hmm. But it's my new motivation for sure. Well, you're doing something right now. You're inspiring and motivating us. So thank you for that. I hope so. Everybody's got a story. You have a story. Every listener has a story. Just because I invented Pictionary 
just makes it a different story. So every story has value. Every person has value. Everybody has something to share. I'm learning from you. I learn from people all the time. So, so nothing's static. Nothing is as it should be because it just keeps going forward. So be curious. Be engaged. Look at new things. Look at things from different angles. So it's all, it's, it, it's all about just knowing who you are. Knowing what motivates you, knowing what excites you. I mean, it's, it's liberating and it's fun and it's energetic and, and it's giving and sharing all those things. So just know, just know that you, everybody has value. Everybody has something to contribute. Okay. Now that you're mentioning learning and being curious, what was the most important lesson that you've learned? The most important lesson I learned is, it was, I, <clears throat> the most important lesson I learned was to know who I was because there was so much going on during this business, during picture, during all these things. It was overwhelming. But as long as I stayed true to my core, as long as I stayed true to, to what worked for me, what resonated for me, and really, you know, who I was in my heart, then everything else would be okay. That comes down to finding the right partners. I came to making the right decisions, turning down Milton Bradley. All these decisions were basically, I knew who I was and what I wanted. And it took me a while to learn that. This was learned behavior. When I started, it was a little more, you know, a little more free flowing. But when I went back to that and I made these decisions, they were always the right decision. You're, you wrote the book, but probably you're also reading. Which book had the most impact on you? Which book would you recommend us? Except your book, of course, which I recommend, definitely recommend <laughs> others to read. <laughs> well, let's see, besides, Besides here, let me just, you know, put that up. Game changer, you know, you can find, you can pre-order on Amazon right now. It's out June 2nd. The book that has, the book that's had the most influence on me the last several years was The Four Agreements. It's not a business book because I think that there's plenty of business books. There's plenty of strategies. And every time I read a new book about a strategy, I do it for a day or a week. And then I go, okay, well, you know, let's try a different strategy. So again, I always go back to self, basically four agreements that you make with yourself. It's a very small, short, quick book. Always be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. <laughs> and of course, of course I've, I've uh, spaced on the last one, right? It happens that way. Those are easy lessons. I mean, come on, be impeccable with your word. Okay, fine. But you know what? When you read it in the short chapter, you have to live it. Reading it is one thing, but living it's another. And they're not new messages. It's not complicated, but it's had a huge influence on the way I've done business, I've conducted my life. The four agreements, I highly recommend it. Thank you. So the time is almost up. Uh, I would encourage every listener to go and find out how you turn the word ATVAC to a <laughs> successful business into millions and a board, board game that's been sold in over 60 countries and find out what that means to find your own ATVAC. Would you like to share with us how the listeners can contact you and pre-order the book if that's possible? Sure. You can find on social media at The Rob Angel on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can also find the book pre-order on Amazon. 
Or if you want, you can go to robangel.com and there's a link there as well. And I think just if you, if you want to wrap it up, the advice that I could give everybody is go find your aardvark. It worked for me. It can work for you. Just take a lot of steps in a lot of different directions. But when you feel it's right with whatever you're doing, whatever this idea, this invention, this creation, you know in your heart works, don't hesitate. Just go for it. Take a first step. Don't overthink it. Just take that first step. And if it resonates, take a second step and a third step. And if it doesn't, it's okay. It's okay to turn around. But you got to take those steps. You've got to take action. So if you want to think of something, just remember, oh, I think I just found my aardvark. I really, really recommend it. And it worked for me. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for being here today. And I hope we stay in touch. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Innovation Friday podcast, the place where your startup journey begins. Please let me know how to improve the show. See you next time.